How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Good morning to you. It is Sunday, January 22nd, 10.08 in the morning. Welcome to the huddle where... If we need 10 yards for a first down, all of our pass patterns go 12. I can guarantee you that. Dave Schwartz <laughs> alongside Pete Nigerian, Charlie Weiss as well. Of course, I allude to the way the Vikings season ended last weekend, losing to the Giants uh, season over before uh, I think a lot of people hoped. But Pete, as you and I had talked about and texted throughout the week, uh, it seemed pretty much apropos uh, the way the season ended with the way the season went. Yes, mm-hmm. this team finished as a 13-win team. I was looking back through, and this this was my party line for the week. This was not a 13-win team. It was a 10-win team wrapped in a 13-win team. And <laughs> and to most people, they said, well, maybe it's really like a 9- or an 8-win team. I, I'll, I'll stay on the conservative side and stick with 13 because, frankly, <laughs> let's be honest, they should have lost to Buffalo. They should have lost the Giants uh, on, on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, I believe, and and possibly mm-hmm. even even to Washington. So we go through the week now. Uh, you know, no one's surprised that Ed Donatel is now uh, out of a job, at least with the Minnesota Vikings, and they are looking for a defensive coordinator. This surprised no one. If it surprised you, you were not watching this season. Uh, it just didn't go well, and. You know, listen, Ed Donatel has a has a phenomenal football resume. He's got acumen. He's he's been in the game for a long time. But when when you have the defense perform the way that it did this year, one of the worst in the NFL, with an yeah. offense that was was overperforming this year, someone has to take the fall. And I've heard this a million times. You can't fire the players, so you fire the coach. That's the way it goes. Right? Oh, cool. they, and and this has to change. Something has to change. And it starts it starts with Ed Donatel, but I don't think that's all of it. Uh, there are, are, are a number of other moves that I think need to be made and things that need to happen on defense for this team to come back. But, Pete, uh, you, you, you've been around the game a long time. You've seen these things happen. Ed Donatel, I, I can't imagine that you did a spit take when you read the news uh, that, that he was out uh, this week. No, uh, that was easily predicted. But I would say this, uh, you know, the, I, I would point the finger right back at, and I, and I know that we all love what he's been able to do offensively, but Kevin O'Connell was the coach, the head coach, and he brings in a lot of the coaches. It's not all of the coaches. The decision was his, and he decided to bring in a coach that wanted to change the defense from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4. And for the people who don't really fully know what that means, it's a completely different scheme. And, and what they did, unfortunately, was they took the two defensive ends that I, I, in my opinion, are as good as any two as a pair, 
in the NFL. I mean, they just are both outstanding. And Zadarius is 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 getting a little bit older, but boy, he's still uh, he's a, a complete freak show. I think Daniil Hunter is as well. But we suddenly decided that we were going to go to the three four front uh, because yeah. of Ed Donatel, and that was his decision. That's what he is. But that's a problem because now all of a sudden it's like grabbing a quarterback and saying, you know what? Um, I know you're a great passer, but we're going to run the football, and, that, yep. and you're going to you're going to have to figure this out. I mean, that's exactly what they did to this defense, and because they did that, our defense. To your point, we were in the bottom three of just about every single category throughout the year, from the start of the year to the end of the year. Our defense was terrible, and we we all said it. We said at some point that costs you, and it, you know you never know when. You know, we went through a lot of games. You brought up 13 games that we won. Maybe some of those were questionable, but, you know, you lose games that are questionable sometimes sure, as well. Sure. So the reality is we win the 13 games. We did really well at home. But the, the problem was when you looked over at the defense at the end of almost every single game, you said to yourself, well, you know what? The, the defense almost cost us that one. <laughs> and they yeah. almost cost that one. And, and yeah. that's kind of what, you know, it all turned into. And I can tell you the Giants game was a great example of everything that we're talking about here because – when you look, if you watched it as close, I watch it with a different lens than a lot of people, but I'm watching yep. and I'm, and I'm looking at Zadarius. I'm looking at Daniel Hunter out there trying to play linebacker positioning and they don't have the agility for that. That's not a criticism of them. It's a criticism. No, they're of not them. linebackers. <laughs> yeah. They I mean, like, that. it's so easy. Right. And, and people say, well, you know, it's, it's not that different. It, it, it doesn't have to Huge be different, difference. but it was. And, 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 the way those poor guys were put into positions where they're having to go into position of maybe dropping back a little bit or whatever the case may be, we didn't get the pressure on quarterbacks like we needed to get yep. pressure on quarterbacks. And both of them underperformed as far as their sack count to most of their career. And so, you know, that I think was the big – that was the downfall for, for Donatel for sure. Yeah. And it was also, I think, the reason why we, we, we got there. You know, our offense was unbelievable the entire season – but it really did come down to the defense, and the defense eventually was going to collapse, which they did. So uh, you bring up a good point, Pete, that <laughs> this is a little bit on, on Kevin O'Connell as well. And I think, uh, it, you know, you bring that guy in, you bring Ed Donatello, and he runs what he runs. That's one of a couple of decisions. But there have been a, a handful of times this season that you and I have talked about that when I, when I look at the decision-making that Kevin O'Connell goes through and plays that he picks in certain situations that I'm like, I, I, I scratch my head. I've, and I've done that a couple of times. And listen, I am not an NFL football coach. Kevin O'Connell has forgotten more about football than I know. But to me, two plays stuck out last weekend. The first is, is the toss and the, the, whatever it was, if you want to call it a toss and pass, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it, and I, it was early in the game. And Kirk, I believe he handed it off to Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson throws it back against the grain to Kirk, and nothing happens, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, why are you doing – you know, again, we've talked about this. There's a theme. And I, and I – Kevin O'Connell's a good football coach. He's a very good football coach. But he overthinks it. And I thought that was one of those, one of those times, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you have the best wide receiver in the game and a quarterback who has, has, has had a phenomenal season – but you're having the wide receiver do the quarterback's job and the quarterback do the wide receiver's job. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? Keep it simple. Do your job. 
Your job, Kirk Cousins, is to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, and your job, Justin Jefferson, is to get open. The other thing, and, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's it's just been chewed up and spit out over and over and over. It's fourth down, and you need eight yards, and you have a route in there that goes four. Yes, people are mad at Kirk because he checks down. But I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall. And here's the thing. Why do you have that as an option? You know? I thought to myself... If my kid didn't want dinner, right, and I said, hey, here's here's some chicken, here's some broccoli, and, and here's some potatoes. You have one of those three. Oh, but by the way, here's a candy bar if you want that. Of course he's going to choose the candy bar, but you don't make it an option. It's the yeah. same thing, right? I mean, you don't make, give Kirk Cousins the option of checking down at that moment because mm-hmm. you have to have the yardage. And so that that kind of drove me crazy just a little bit. Um mm-hmm. And and so now we look ahead to an off season, and, and the shopping list is long, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of of money and and draft picks to really mm-hmm. reform this roster, in my opinion, as much as they need to, Pete. And and so my question today to you is, what is the and their listeners, what's the Vikings shopping list look like this off season? I'll agree with you. I think defensive coordinator is where it starts. You can call yeah. and text us, by the way, on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651-461-9226. What should that Viking shopping list look like in the offseason? Pete, you have the checkbook and you're with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. What are you doing first? Well, I, I think there's a few things that become very, very obvious. And to your point, real quickly, as far as the coaching and those mm-hmm. two particular plays that you point out, it is overthinking, and it's getting too cute, and coaches love to do that, and they do it all the time. It doesn't matter who yep. it is. They seem to, unless it's Bill Belichick or somebody like that who's who's just so into what they're doing, and you, they don't ever try to do that. They don't overthink it. They don't try to do something bigger than it needs to be. They stick with what they are, and you know, I, I would say that about Saban and some of the other coaches that I think are great coaches as well, but as far as what the needs are right now for the Vikings, the biggest problem we run into is uh, is is Kirk going to help us out at all? Are any of the guys that have these outrageous salaries coming up mm-hmm. this coming year, are they going to do the Tom Brady where they help the team so that they can get to the next level? So that's I would throw that there as number one because I think they're at least 20 maybe $24 million over the cap this year yep. already. So yep. that's a problem. Then you look at where is it? Well, Dalvin Cook's got a huge salary for a running back. You've got C.J. Ham who's got a – decent-sized salary for a running back that how much use do we really have from C.J., who I love, by the way. Um, But I think we're getting older, too, so we've got to think about that. You know, when you look across and you see some of the players, Patrick Peterson, he's a cornerback at 32 years old. He did get interceptions, but I always warn people about this. When When you talk about interceptions, I always like to bring up, well, sometimes that's a good indication of this guy being a great corner. It also can be an indication of, hey, we're going to try to burn this guy as much as we possibly can, yeah, and occasionally point. he's going to get an interception because yep. we're going to throw 20 passes his way, only 10 the other way, because he's getting older, maybe a step slower, and, and I'm point. not you know, criticized. I'm not trying to criticize Patrick Peterson, but let's be honest. Cornerbacks at 32 years old, there aren't too many of those. Yeah. Then you've got Harrison Smith, who's 33 years old, so... We're getting a little bit older when you look at our secondary, and our secondary wasn't very good already. So mm-hmm. those are things that I think are some of the decisions that are going to have to be made. And, I, and the last thing I'd say is in the draft, which we've only got four picks because we were very active and trading uh, things around a lot, uh, I think that we should in the first round do what we should have done last year, which is not get a guy in the secondary as much as we need it. I think we should get a veteran. 
but I think we need to draft a big monster up front. We that's yeah. one thing we're, when you have as little linebackers as we've got, you need the big guys up front to be able to help cover them. And I'd even throw out a name right now, the kid from Baylor who's six foot five, three hundred and sixty pounds. Yep. Um Siakiaka. He is he's he's a man child and he's a lot like the kid from Georgia last year that we traded away from taking him, which was a mistake, and we kept trading down and trading down. And that was that really hurt the Vikings, I think, all year was we didn't have that big plug guy in the middle, and that's what we still need. Yep. Let's let's uh, revisit this topic in the next hour because there's a bunch of points that I still want to get to, but we're we're out of uh, time in this first block, and we're gonna talk wild hockey coming up next. So we'll we'll revisit this in the next hour again. Send us your text. Give us a call on the city's one plumbing talking text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Coming up next, the Wild have lost two straight. Joe Smith from the Athletic is going to join us to try to help us sort out what's going on and how we move forward. You're listening to the Huddle on a three O W C C O. Welcome back to the huddle. 10.23, your time on this Sunday morning. Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian, along with Charlie Weiss. The Minnesota Wild have dropped two straight. Joe Smith is new to the Wild beat for the Athletic. Joe, first, let me be the first one uh, to say to welcome you as you join us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, welcome to Minnesota. How have you loved the winter? You came from Tampa, right? So I can't imagine that this winter is super exciting for you. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, welcoming me there. I came from Tampa the last 16 years, but I grew up in Michigan, outside Detroit, and went to the University of Michigan there. So I spent Fair enough. about half my, half my life. The Minnesota winters are different, as you can imagine, but my uh, wife and I really enjoy it. Our, our dog loves the snow, so that's a bonus. Uh, <laughs> uh, but obviously a very passionate hockey market, which is which is good for us. And, you know, the team isn't really easy to deal with. So as a writer, that's a, a really good combination. That's awesome. Well, welcome. Uh, the, the team has uh, certainly no shortage of storylines this year. Let's start with Matt Dumba, who has been scratched the last two games uh, to the best of what I have read and researched, a healthy scratch. Joe, what do you know, uh, and how long is this going to continue, considering his position right now with the team and what they might want to do as they get closer to the trade deadline? Yes, uh, it is healthy scratch, as we reported uh, a few times. It was stemmed from some performance-based issues, including on Tuesday uh, in Washington. But uh, I was a little surprised that it went on in back-to-back games, and I'd be really surprised if it went into Tuesday in Tampa, especially after losing two straight games. Um, So they put Goligoski in. Um, So there's obviously a, a, a good chance that, you know, the Wilds are open to moving him at the deadline. Uh, I don't know what the, the interest is at this point or, or what that trade would be, but it wouldn't be just a salary dump because they need somebody to play um, those kind of minutes on this roster. Uh, they don't have that depth on the right side. So his status is very much in, in flux at this point, and he's obviously a really well-liked guy in that room. So um, I'm sure guys feel for him in the situation being out in the public like this, but um, I would be surprised if he's not back in the lineup uh, on Tuesday. Joe, it's Pete Nigerian. I just want to welcome you to Minnesota as well, despite the fact that I'm down here in Florida. And for a long time, for a long time, I lived in the in the Tampa area, and so you obviously know Burns Steakhouse well. So I'll just tell you, you ought to try JD Hoyts in Minnesota. So that's my first <laughs> tip for you. Um, but already, but that, already that, been there. Already been there. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, 
so they, they obviously, the wild came down, but suddenly they just, they hit something different, right? Because we've been playing pretty well, not, not just from a winning and losing perspective, but from the goaltenders. And then Fleury gives up five, and then Gustafson gives up five. So what do you feel uh, they need to do? Because obviously Tampa's going to be another, you know, difficult game for them, and it's going to be a tough time down here in the southeast. What is it that they need to do so differently to help out the goalies? Is that is that part of the problem? Are they not getting enough help? Uh, no, I, I would say that was a rare off night for Gustafson uh, last night. He's been terrific uh, overall. The last 12 starts, I think he's given up, you know, most of them give up two or less. So, But, yeah, I, I think what they, they, what they've done recently has been self-inflicted mistakes. Uh, look at turnover on the first goal, like 20 seconds left in the period. Second one you know, off a steel stick, and all of a sudden it's a, a guy cruises in for basically all alone. Um, and then penalties. You know, you're down two to one, and Ryan Hartman takes a retaliatory penalty, gives the, the Panthers a power play. They score to make it three to one, and there's only so many times you can come from behind and, and find a way to tie the game. So um, that's where I think they can help out the goaltenders. And, you know, the, the Wilds, what I appreciate about the Wild learning about them is, is they know who they are and they know who they're not. You know, they're not the Lightning with having. You know, five Hall of future Hall of Famers on their roster. They don't have that kind of uh, firepower to go outscore teams and outscore their problems. So that when they play their best and when they're forechecking, when they're a heavy team, when they're hard to play against, when they're and they're disciplined, like they can be that play with pretty much anybody. Uh, so they get they have to get back to that recipe and, and get a little bit of their mojo back. Joe Smith from the Athletics joining us this morning on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. You can follow him at Joe Smith NHL. Surprisingly, there's a lot of Joe Smiths on Twitter, so make sure you get the right one. Yeah. Hey, Joe, Joe yeah. I, you wrote in your article, uh, I believe it was this week, maybe it was yesterday I was reading uh, this morning, that Billy Guerin had talked about this team showing whether they're going to be buyers or sellers uh, at the trade deadline. And clearly that that is based on how they play these next couple of weeks. Where are they trending at this point? Do, do you think that this team will – can you tell if this team will be a buyer or a seller uh, at the deadline? Well, I really do think that, you know, they'll end up being a buyer, but I think you they have to see uh, obviously better performances from the last couple of games. They so look big picture, 10,000 feet view. They've obviously had some really good success the last two months. Just because the last couple of games uh, were not good doesn't mean that they're not been holding themselves uh, over water here. They're still in third place in the division, but that, that lead is shrinking to one point over Colorado, who's won five straight. The Oilers are making a charge, you know, flames are, are waking up a little bit. So uh, the margin for error is very slim there. So I think what Billy meant, meant was that, you know, how they play the next month or so can tell them, hey, are, are they trending the right direction? Are they playing better? Are they are they showing them that they, they see one little more push to, to make a difference in the playoffs? Um, so I think that's what it meant in terms of if they're trending in the right direction like they were last year and they were winning games and they're improving as a team, that's why he went out and, and made the moves he did at the deadline last year. So that's what you, I would look for. Um, if you're a fan, if they're trending in the right direction uh, in the next month from now, you might see them be a little more aggressive uh, at the deadline. Joe, as far as the Boston Bruins, I just got to bring this up because I find it so curious that when I'm looking, and I, they look like the Buffalo Bills of the NHL because they lead in scoring. They're, they're great on defense. They've only given up 96 goals. They're unbelievable at home, 21-1-3. and I mean, it's, it's incredible. What – what makes the Bruins so daggone good, and particularly at home? But what what is it? Is it is it? I mean, it, what do you point to? Because it seems like they're doing everything right everywhere they are. No, it's it's been they've been remarkably consistent too. I mean, 
they have four or five losses in a season. I mean, at 45 games, that's uh, pretty unheard of, especially when you know there's going to be games they have back-to-backs or three and fours or guys getting banged up. And they started the season without some key players, too. So I think it starts with Patrice Bergeron, one of the best players in the league and one of the top captains, and just kind of really a tone setter for them. Uh, getting Kretschy back was really important. Um, but like you said, in all areas, they're not really one weakness. You know, the goaltending can make a head coach look awfully good like they did in Tampa here uh, for a number of years with uh, Vasilevsky. So um, I think they have all the pieces there, and you, you wonder if this might be one of their last pushes here with how old the roster is, and if Bergeron's coming back or Kretschy's coming back or not. Uh, Pasternak will probably sign. So they pretty much have everything you need. Um, they just haven't seen the success in the playoffs in recent years. Hey, Joe, last one for you really quick before we let you go. Uh, with the deadline coming, is there one name out there on another team that you feel like has a very good chance at being in a wild sweater uh, post-deadline? Well, there are probably a few names. Like, I don't know how very good chance, but I think like <laughs> Luke Shen's kind of right-shot defenseman I think would be a good fit for them if they were going to move a dump and get somebody else come in there and play as a character guy and obviously – league's leading hitters and a physical presence, so yeah, championship experience. And the guy I've mentioned a lot, you know, because clearly they need uh, some more center depth and guys. I, I would I would imagine that, you know, they at least kick the tires on a Jonathan Tays uh, or a Patrick interested in those guys if they decide they want to move on from Chicago. Um, there's just very rarely do you have guys like those them on the market. And when you look at the, the wild, they need to really help in the top six. Um can't just be in the power play. So I think those are some names that I would really, as far as the bigger names, you know, Kane and Taves and maybe on the, on the relatively smaller names, Luke Shen, who'd be a really good both culture and physical fit in the blue line. Oh, man, would that be trippy to see Patrick Kane in a wild sweater. Joe, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate the time and enjoy the sunny weather. Thanks, Thank Joe. you so much, guys, for having me. Thanks, All right, Joe it. Thanks, Joe. Joe Smith covers the Minnesota Wild for The Athletic. We'll step aside, take a quick break. Come back with the fast break coming up next on the huddle. Wow. Boy, I'll tell you, that is, that is awesome. That is something. Nice job, Charlie. Fun new open. I can't take, I can't take too much credit for that, but I get to use it. So that's, Boy, that's fun. That woke you up. All right, let's do it. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit bit in the ears there, but, you know, we'll we'll work out the kinks as we go forward. People are are driving off the road. Yeah, we'll work out the kinks. Uh, Well, yeah, so this is our fast break. We'll get a couple of questions for each of you going back and forth. Today we're going to start off with Dave and one of the worst-kept secrets in sports right now. Uh, Bruce Boudreau, I believe, is being called into the office any moment now, 930, I think. Is uh, the meeting that uh, Michael Russo reported that uh, he's being called into? He's being fired. Everybody yeah. knows it. Uh, it's, it's happening out in Vancouver. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry, 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Hoover. Um, and that got me thinking about coaching. And what Ooh. league is the hardest to coach in? And then a second part of that question, so it's a two-parter here for you, Dave. Mm-hmm. What's, which league is the hardest to coach in, and which league has the most impactful head coach? Oh, boy. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Well, to wow. me, the hardest – yeah, the hardest is the NFL. It, it, it's just – I mean, you don't, you don't have a job for long in the league because if, if you can't win quick, you're out. There's just too much, too much money, too much – the league is so big that you, you can't afford as a franchise to hang on to a coach that can't win. Uh, you just fall too far behind from everything from ticket sales to, to free agents not wanting to come there. So I, I think the NFL is the hardest to coach in. Uh, most impactful coach, uh, I would say, hmm. you know, let, let's just go, uh, let's go with the NHL. I, I, I think, because if you don't have the right, and I and I say this just because I know it, right? I mean, you, if you don't have the right schemes, if you don't have the right guys in place, there's so many changes you can make from lines, uh, from top to bottom. Uh, you know, so many variables that I feel like a good coach can get the right combination of guys together to perform. Whereas, and, and you could argue the NBA is as well, but I'll just go with the NHL because I think. You can put in systems, and you have to match players' skills to each other to get the best possible outcomes. All right, Pete, you got any uh, opinion on that? Well, yeah, I'll just give you a couple quick answers, which is this. The NFL, there is no patience. There's absolutely none, and this year proves that right in front of us all because of look at all of the guys who literally were around for, for games, not years, that were, getting, you were yeah. getting losing their jobs. So there is no patience. Uh, there is too much money, and they can't afford it. I think impactful, that's a really difficult one to answer, but I think the I would still stick with the NFL just because of the fact that when you see who has success and who doesn't, you can see the impact that the guys who are the right guy for the right team, they're there for a while. And, and you know, you see it with Tomlin at Pittsburgh, and you see it obviously with Belichick at New England, and I think the impact that they bring, even when they're not the team they once were, is is pretty amazing to see because – there is no Tom Brady up there anymore, right? And then, and you look over and, and you, you're, you're losing your your quarterback for so many years at Pittsburgh, and yet they're still competitive. And that's uh, that, I think, says a lot about the impact that the coaches are able to deliver. Well, it's a good segue there, Pete, into your question, which is about the NFL, and how about some good head coaches <laughs> down in Jacksonville? Doug Peterson going from the number one overall pick to <laughs> taking Kansas City pretty deep there. They, they put up a pretty nice fight yesterday. Uh, against mm-hmm. uh, a partially Patrick Mahomes-less uh, Chiefs team. <laughs> uh, obviously, Kansas City did end up winning that game, and then Philly knocked the New York Giants out of the park, showing uh, maybe that yeah. Vikings defense not so great. Maybe Daniel Jones isn't as good as, as he appeared against the Vikings. <laughs> Two more games today, Pete. you got Cincinnati mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow taking on the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, and you got a fun game tonight with the Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Who you got in those games? Who's making it to the championship round? I think this. I think the home team sweep. Um, so that's obviously Buffalo and the 49ers. And when I, when I look at this one, 
I like Cincinnati a lot. I've liked them all year, but the problem is they got two of their offensive linemen. So two of the five are out. They're absolutely out. There's no way they're going to play. This isn't some game they're playing there. And so I think because of that, I think just Josh Allen's amazing. The way he can run the football is uh, we all know he can throw, but the guy is one of the best running quarterbacks maybe ever in the NFL. And his size, athleticism, and everything is great. I think with the 49ers, I've said this all, all all season long, John Lynch has done an amazing job. He built the defense. He's now built the offense. They traded for Christian McCaffrey, and they just – they've got – let's think about this for a second, guys. They got a quarterback in there who's Mr. Irrelevant, and I know it's all – it's been pointed out, but I think that has to sink in a little bit, right? I mean, they, they lose the starting quarterback. They lose the second-string quarterback – and now you got Brock Purdy, and all he is is a guy who's lighting it up. So um, I'm sticking with the Niners, and I think that they take out Dallas. By, by the way, they've sent uh, Brock Purdy's bus to the Hall of Fame already. Holy cow, how much <laughs> do they love this kid? He, he's already been declared the starter for next year, which is, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's true. I'll take Buffalo tonight, but I'm going to take Dallas in the late game. I, I think – Listen, I love Brock Purdy. He's played really well. But at some point, someone's going to figure him out. Mm -hmm. I think it's Dallas tonight. That's just my gut. I think I'm on uh, your train, too, there, Dave. Brock Purdy's been great, but he's a rookie, and rookies make mistakes at some point. Mm -hmm. It's just when is that going to happen? He's been able to cover it up with such a great team so far. I don't know if I'm picking Mm -hmm. Dallas quite tonight, but I agree that Brock Purdy needs a little something. Back to you, Dave, with Mm -hmm. another question. Uh, There's a fun moment in the NHL on Friday between the Senators and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Matthew Joseph and Pierre Oliver Joseph taking each other on. And they uh, they went to the box for uh, incidental uh, high-sticking penalties against each other. Well, those two guys happened to be brothers, and their parents were in the stands and having a very fun time watching these two have to go to the box after hitting each other in the face with their sticks. Uh, My question for you, Dave... Who are the greatest brother athletes of all time? They don't have to be in the same sport. Oh, yes. They don't have to be, you know, like two NFL players. They could be an NFL player and a baseball player, something like that. Who pops to mind for you I love as this. really this, great brothers? This is a great question. By the way, do you remember, this was a long time ago, had to be maybe in the 90s, early 2000s, maybe some of our listeners remember, Wayne and Keith Primo, who both played in the NHL, they fought each other. Yep. If I'm, and, and maybe... Yep. Maybe a, maybe listeners and Charlie, maybe you were, but I, I'm very certain that the two of them fought each other. They were probably interviewed about it after the game, and I feel like maybe one said, "We really hope our parents weren't watching." Um, so, <laughs> I loved it. best athlete, best brother athletes. So I'll start with the Mannings because you got Peyton and Eli uh, Cooper. We won't talk about. How'd you like to be Cooper Manning, by the way? Uh, Peyton and Eli, both phenomenal quarterbacks in their own rights. I think you have to talk about the Sedin brothers. Played in Vancouver, Henrik, and um, who was the other Sedin? There were two Sedins. I'm forgetting the other one's name. But anyway, the Sedin brothers. You have to talk about the stalls uh, uh, in the NHL. The four kids played in the NHL. (laughs) Jordan, Jared, Eric, Mark, they all played NHL hockey. That's incredible. Number one, because I cannot imagine what it costs to put four kids through youth hockey as I put one kid through youth hockey. So I'm, I'm glad for their parents. Maybe they got a return on investment uh, with that one. And then I, I'm also going to go my, by de facto because I already talked about them, the Primo brothers. When they fought when I was a kid, it just cracked me up. I'm like, here's two brothers fighting themselves on the ice. So that's did I get four? The Sedins, the Mannings, the Stalls, and the, and the Primos. Got, that's you got mine. full four. There you go. Pete, anybody pop to mind for you? 
Oh, for me, the Nigerian brothers. No, 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 no. And it's not the Gronkowski's because let's be honest, it was just the one really that did anything. But the Bosa brothers stand out for me. And then you look at the Watts. I mean, you've got JJ, you got TJ, you got Derek. All these guys are playing right now in this era of unbelievable talent. And they're they're all playing at a high level. So I I, I put those uh, those two sets of brothers uh, as pretty high up there for me. Now, what's the uh, what's the the uh, statistic that I've seen? I think the top two uh, scoring brothers in the NHL are uh, Wayne Gretzky and his brother, who scored uh, one point in the <laughs> NHL, uh, yep. over his entire That's career. Right. That's the top scoring duo. Uh, so that clearly they're on the list. But uh, Pete, we'll go to <laughs> for you for sure. the last question here. Uh, Got to talk about the incident that happened at the Staples Center on Friday, and I don't know if you saw this or have kept up to date with it. Shannon Sharp. Uh, of course, talk show host and NFL Hall of Famer sitting courtside uh, as the Lakers took on the Memphis Grizzlies and got into, I guess you could call it a spat with some of the mm-hmm. Grizzlies players, uh, yelling back and forth, uh, threatening each other. He had to be, Shannon Sharp, that is, had to be taken down the tunnel uh, and mm-hmm. kind of talked down. He was, oddly enough, allowed back watching the rest of the game, which I thought was a little peculiar, but so be it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> came out, you know, said, oh, we were talking back and forth, yelling at each other, whatever. But it got me thinking, uh, who, Pete, now, this is a better question maybe for me and Dave, little guys. You're probably not scared of anybody. What, what athlete are you going to be most scared to fight? Who, who is going to threaten you and you're going to be like, no, thank you. Uh, I'm going to go and sit down. I don't care that I am on the court with my teammates. That's enough for me. <laughs> That's a really great question. I don't know if I'd go with size necessarily, but I for sure would go to your guys' favorite sport, it feels like, it's, uh, in, in hockey. I mean, when, when I really look at hockey players and, and the amount of pain they can withstand, I don't want to go against those guys. <laughs> I think there's yeah. a lot of guys in the NFL that I probably wouldn't necessarily be afraid of um, just because. But I think with the hockey players, my goodness, when they – you know, half of them don't have any teeth and they don't seem to care and they're, they're willing to go after you no matter what. There's no end to the thing. I, I just find uh, the hockey guys to be probably far more difficult to deal with. And Shannon Sharp, by the way, that was crazy. He shouldn't have done it. It's unbelievable at the position that he is in his life right now and the television shows that he does to, to, to do what he did is absolutely outrageous. I can't, and I can't believe they let him back in the Staples Center. Mm. Good call. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I'll give you two names. Here you go. One from way back, Bill Romanowski. That guy was crazy. I would was. never, I would never want to meet him in a dark alley. And Ryan Reeves. You said hockey guys. I agree. Ryan Reeves. I saw him one time. I remember seeing him when he was in St. Louis, and I thought this is before I knew who he was yet because he was playing for the Blues. I thought one of the Rams players had walked in underneath uh, to go to the locker room, maybe as a like as a pep talk. He is a large human being, and he is a bad, bad man. So Romanowski and Reeves for me. And I probably wouldn't fight Pete Najarian either. He, that's a good answer. We've met, we've met one time, but I'll tell you. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. All right, fellas. Well, that's another week's edition of Fast Break. That's all I got for you before we head Love off it. to break here. Good stuff, Charlie. Thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, we'll put a wrap on the first hour of The Huddle coming up next. You're listening to 830 WCCO. Man, working 9 to 5. Charlie says Dolly Parton is Dolly Parton's birthday is this week. Uh, let me see. 77, I, I believe. Oh, I was going to guess. Uh, oh, She's man. 77? That's okay. 77. I would have guessed something different. I had to get some Dolly maybe. in here today. Good stuff. 
Hey, we're getting we're getting some texts here. Uh, we're talking about great sports. Uh, we said brothers, but siblings uh, in the mm-hmm. last block. We've got a couple of texts here to the um, Cities One Plumbing talk and text line. By the way, you can call and text us at any time during the show. 651-461-9226. Kurt and Michael Sauer, I believe, uh, for NHL, which is a good one. I was actually looking Kurt, through a thank list. thank you for listening. Yes, that <laughs> was Kurt Sauer. Uh, thank you very much Yeah, for sending this. I was looking through the list of – I did a quick search as I sent you guys both the uh, video of uh, the Primo brothers fighting each other. Some interesting <laughs> names I hadn't – I had not thought about here. Jim and John Harbaugh. Oh, sure. Not a bad you – know, I mean, maybe more as coaches than anything else. Mm-hmm. Charlie, you had said uh, – this is a no-brainer, Venus and Serena Williams – yeah, that's a no-brainer. I thought one that was way up there that I, you know maybe you don't think of Reggie and Cheryl Miller. Uh, yeah, that's a good phenomenal one. athletes. Yeah, I, yeah. Cheryl Miller was a better basketball player than Reggie, no doubt. Well, that it's funny that you say that because I'll never forget the greatest line from Michael Jordan, who was not a very big fan of of Reggie Miller. Uh, I'll never forget. I was living in Chicago, and he says, "You know, the problem with you is you're not even the best basketball player in your family." <laughs> <laughs> And Reggie did not think very highly of that. <laughs> no, they used to used to didn't he call him? Uh, he called him. Cher- they used to just call him Cheryl Miller's brother instead yeah. of Reggie. Here's a good one: <laughs> Phil and Tony Esposito. Yeah, yeah Phil's fifth good. in the NHL in goals scored. Tony's a six-time All Star. Maurice and Henry Richard. Peyton and Eli Manning. Uh, There's one more on this list that I was curious. What? You- oh, here you go. Tiki and Rondé Ooh. Barber. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> there you go. Tiki rushed for 10,000 yards, 23rd mm-hmm. all-time. Rondé's 215 consecutive starts, six all-time. Mm-hmm. They said they're pe- perhaps the most decorated brothers in the NFL. I don't know if I believe that. Either Peyton and Eli Manning might have something to say about that. Well, I little, think so. <laughs> it's a little out there, too, the uh, the Klitschko brothers of the boxing fame. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Tally's one. Who's, what's his brother's name? Vladimir with a W. Vla- Vladimir. Yeah. Tough to say. Okay, <laughs> here's one that I didn't even know happened. Bruce and Clay Matthews. Oh, sure. Oh, gosh. And go. they played forever. And their yeah. kids played for still. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. Bruce and yep. Clay Matthews. Always, always mm-hmm. a good one. Good one, a good one. Peyton, you know I mean? And then the one, number one, oh, Jackie and Mac Robinson, number one on the list. Jackie's obviously broke the color barrier. Uh, mm-hmm. Mac, an Olympic silver medalist and MVP. So good stuff, man. That is the end of hour one. We'll take a quick block, uh, quick break, step aside. Next hour, we're going to talk. We haven't even talked about the Twins yet. They made a big trade this week. Was it good for them, and how will they move forward? Coming up next hour on The Huddle. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. 
whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.